action. Hey everybody, welcome back to P3, the Pedal Progressions Podcast. In this episode, we're going to highlight our recent trip to Joyride 150, and we're going to talk about the trip itself. We're going to go through a little bit of a tour and what we learned, what we liked, and we'll go from there. I think one thing that we should touch base on is that we are from the Grand Rapids area, all of us. So Joyride is about a five and a half hour drive for us. And it is a totally enclosed indoor mountain bike park. We pretty much ride there all winter long between there and... Ray's. Ray, that's the one at Ray's. Wheel Mill? Yeah. Okay. You guys have been to so many. I only know two. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great, warm place to ride in the winter. And we go there all winter long for the most part. It's my uh, first trip to Joyride 150. And I'll say that it was, uh, it was quite the experience. If you've ever been to Ray's Mountain Bike Park in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Joyride 150 is very similar, but also very different. And hopefully we can kind of expose the differences to you in this podcast without uh, deterring you away from either one. <laughs> but uh, I will say that experiencing Joyride 150 for the first time actually gave me a better appreciation for what they do at Ray's I, uh, I really enjoyed Joyride 150. I think it's got a lot of things to offer that Ray's doesn't and vice versa. And both of them are a great way to progress your riding if you're into the, uh, I guess, the BMX style dirt jump kind of riding. I think even cross country, though, because learning how to like pump on the trail and um, like gain speed from a feature is super important for anyone that's trying to go from like a sport rider to an expert rider or even higher up. Like a lot of people can mash and pedal so fast, but you ride behind them as a gravity guy and you're not pedaling at all and you're having to hit the brakes behind them. So like learning at an indoor park how to carry your speed or to gain speed from a feature that you normally wouldn't is one of the huge benefits you get as even like an XE race guy. Yeah, that's it's a great place to progress no matter what your skill or discipline. They have cross-country loops, or if that's all you want to do is ride cross-country, they have a cross-country loop that rides around the whole place. If you like jumping, they got tons of jumps. If you just like pumping, they got pump tracks. And everything from beginner, like they have little kids who run around the whole place uh, in like the beginner area, anywhere from like two to three, like just, just walking, you know, just on a bike to, you know, there's, there's old guys there like us jumping, doing whatever. There's huge competition jumps. There's small little baby rollers. There's stuff for everyone there. So it's one of those places you can bring your whole family. Like I'd bring bring my little kids with me, and I can have fun. My little kids can have fun. There's a great spot to watch if you're not riding, if you're a mom or injured, <laughs> which has happened more, more often than not. <laughs> I forgot about the, uh, the beginner area. Um, I've dubbed it the bee's nest. If you get there at a certain point of day, there's – no way you're riding the beginning area with all them kids around. I'm sorry. And the moms and the dads. Wow. But, you know, no other place that I've ever been to offers that kind of an area for kids to ride, you know, when it's winter. It's really, uh, it was, it was kind of cool to see. There's a lot of kids on Striders, more kids than I've seen on Striders uh, in one spot than I've ever seen in my entire life. To, to be fair, I mean, they're, they're little kids. They don't have the self-awareness. No. I, they, <laughs> they will jump in front of you. They will just get in, you know, you know, they're little kids. You just got to give them a break. But that's that's mostly why you can't ride as well in that area once it gets real busy. But if you go early, early in the morning, beat, beat all the little kids, or late at night, past their bedtime, great time to go. I mean, they're open from 10 to 10 when we were there. They really do a great job of, like, segregating. When you walk into the building, you got a bike shop right there and, like, where you pay or whatever. And then right there, there's party rooms where 
seeing this many people like get into the sport, even if they're not a mountain biker, to like, if I was a child and had a birthday party at a mountain bike park, oh, it's so great. Dude. I can't even imagine it now. Like they had their own birthday rooms, and you could tell they were just having birthday parties, and there were the kids riding there that probably this is their second time in their life riding, just loving it, having a great time. In all fairness, my birthday party this year was at Joyride 150, <laughs> <laughs> and we had a crew that went, and we had a blast. Yeah, so we yeah. rented a four-bedroom house, and... We had people from all over the state from 16 to in their 50s coming with us, and we had an absolute blast. I wish we would have rented a party room and got a cake, but, you know, didn't think that far ahead. Hindsight. (laughs) (laughs) One thing about the layout, the way they have it segregated is the kids kind of stay in the progressive beginning area. At some point, we're going to have a video going through a whole tour on our YouTube channel just showing all the different places that you can ride. But there's anything from basic rollers to bigger rollers to a teeter-totter to some skinnies, a mini pump track, a little bit bigger pump track, and then two more pump tracks. So basically the kids are kind of restricted to that area. There's signs in other places that don't allow them to go and get in your way, which one of the problems with Rays, I feel like, is that it's a free-for-all. Yeah, Rays, their lines are very long. Uh, as far as the sections of the trails are very long and those kids roam free and you get stuck behind one or two, it's going to ruin a whole run, which can be frustrating, you know, but everyone's having fun, you know, just, just let the little kids go sometimes. Don't get mad at them, but you know, when it happens over and over again, it's, it gets frustrating, but yeah, this is real short tracks. I, and the little kids kind of stay in their own area. And if you want to ride something a little bigger, they just, they mostly stay in that small area and it's very easy to find something you want to ride that you won't get snaked all the time. That's true. You don't spend a lot of time waiting for someone to finish a run at Joyride because the runs are, are shorter, a little bit more. They pack more of a punch, I guess is a better way to put it. I've noticed that uh, when you go to raise, if you're not in shape, you really can tell after the first few hours. Whereas Joyride 150, if you're out of shape, and I'm out of shape both times I go to these parks in the winter, you tend to carry yourself a little bit better. You kind of have a little bit more stamina, a little bit more leg endurance um, at a place like Joyride 150 compared to Ray's because Ray's runs are much longer. But like I said, uh, Joyride 150 has given me a better appreciation for what Ray's has done with their uh, with their trail system. Yeah, plenty of stuff to ride, and you definitely endurance is a big thing. And Ray's definitely takes a little more out of you quicker. Um, having the shorter runs helps, especially when you ride into a place where you don't think it's going to count. It, it does. Endurance, Here, endurance really helps. It really adds up quickly. Um, you can really feel every bit of it. Three hours straight of pumping will really let you know how your quads and hamstrings are doing and how your biceps are doing. Like it really takes, it's a full body workout to ride an indoor park. The thing with Joyride is like Kyle was saying, there's, there's very short runs that allow you to progress before you get past the point of tired. Because one of the battles that you always face in an indoor park is you need to warm up. You need to not warm up so far that you're too tired to do cool stuff. You really have to find that like bell curve of how can I progress and still have enough energy to do so. And Joyride, I feel like makes that a little bit easier than Ray's where you can get a lot more of a workout from a place like Ray's. Yeah. Riding that line of exhaustion and, you know, 
making dumb mistakes when you get tired is is definitely a thing in indoor parks. It's a lot easier to get more runs in a joy ride. They just don't take as much out of you. It's easier to ride that that line where you're not just full on exhausted, but you're just so excited to be there. You want to keep riding that you push yourself and end up doing something stupid and getting hurt, which I know we've all done before. We've all been there. An indoor park amplifies everything yes. because very rarely are you spending that much time locked in. In cross country, you have a climb to kind of like hurt your legs and your ego a little bit, but you're not really like on it. Or a downhill park, you're riding the chairlift in between runs, so you're not fully locked in all the time. But an indoor park, if you're moving, you're on it, and it's almost like a sports practice at that point. Yeah, pretty much all trails start where they end. So you do the trail once, and you're right there at the beginning. There is no wait, and you can just loop and go and go and go all, all day long if you want, but there's... No, no, no force break. There's no nothing to wait for. No hike back up the hill, chairlift, nothing. It's go, go, go all day if you want. Let's go through some parts of the uh, the park that offer a good warm up. Well, I think an important right. detail to really get in here is that there's only two lines of heaters over the picnic tables, and one of the priorities when you get there should be to get there early and get a heated table. Getting there early, getting a table is nice. It's it's important. That have, have your stuff be able to put out and beginning under heater is big too just uh, even if you have certain pads you need to warm up i'm getting older i should stretch more than I more than i do and it, it definitely will help <laughs> uh, none of us stretch yeah i forgot about the heater yeah it's uh it's it's chilly in there but it's not uh it's not cold we've ridden in colder places but uh heated picnic table good good you save start with a hoodie and then take it off after yeah. a couple of runs and shed some layers but eating lunch under the heater is a lot better than cooling all the way back off. Being old and having a place to sit is definitely higher on our importance list compared to if you're a young kid. Uh, one thing that I've noticed as I get older and spend uh, longer intervals not riding my bike is the importance of warming up the, uh, I call it the neural connections, um, the motor functions. Not only do you have to get your muscles warmed up and get your heart rate going, get the blood flowing, but kind of making those neural connections by doing like skinnies or, you know, pump track stuff. Like any workout, warming up is kind of a kind of a task, kind of a pill really, but it is important. You don't want to catch yourself doing something stupid or find yourself on the concrete when you weren't ready for it. So we did an XC loop to kind of get myself acquainted with the whole, with the whole place. Uh, the XC loop is what i don't know a half a mile it's not terribly it's, long right it's shorter than rays yeah it's okay. definitely shorter than rays it's yeah i always do a pump track first kind of you know check my bike out you know make sure everything's running good on my bike i'm i remember how to ride it and then yeah i always go to xc lap kind of you know get your breathing a little hard get the the blood going to that and xc lap at joy ride is a good place to go because you can see the whole place from it and it goes up on the second floor pretty much and around the whole perimeter and you can look over the edge and see absolutely pretty much everything there and it's a good good way to get the lay of the land figure out where what's what where everything is and just get a good view see where you want to head next but yeah i always go pump track then to the xc loop and then from there i usually end up over the skinnies area kind of work my balance and get get feeling good on my bike and that get that balance back in joyride has one of the best trials or balance or skinnies whatever you want to call it it is much more difficult than than raise some of the lines there i don't know if what you guys think but I, I think there's a lot more difficult lines there there's easy lines too but i like to start easy and work my way up get that balance going um for jumping to that balance is a big thing and just you know being in control of your bike is is huge how about you guys where do you guys go after an xc lap 
I would think that uh, the skinnies are a good start too. Like I said, the neural connections are a big part of my warm up routine as I get older. Also, the the quick thinking. You know, if you were to just head at a head straight at a skinny, not knowing what your game plan is, it's going to force you to kind of think on your feet pretty quick in order to not fall off your bike. Uh, skinnies are a great way to do that. And the pump track, I would say, is another good way. Now, the timing involved in a pump track is something I always struggle with first thing in the morning. But you, you think about other sports, and if I was meeting you two to go play basketball, we'd shoot around before we played the game. Mm-hmm. If we were going to play football, we'd toss the ball before we played, warm up a little bit. Mountain biking, you just show up and huck it and hope, see what happens. Don't do that. <laughs> and wonder why people get hurt. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely one thing is biking, though. Not too many people warm up. Like You see people that get their bikes out of the car, they you know get their helmet on that, and then they just take off and go. Um, Adam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're going to start. Everybody. <laughs> Especially if you're going to start jumping, doing stuff, you know, a little, a little higher risk than that, definitely warm up. Definitely get get the blood going, get the feel of the bike again. And especially if you're riding in winter like we normally do, you're usually off the bike for a couple of weeks. Get get back acquainted with it, get used to it. Yeah, from yeah, from skinnies, I like to go over to the small uh, street section. For a lot of people, I know street isn't really your thing. It's I'm not great either, but it's one of those little things where I can kind of do my little little tricks I have to kind of warm up, you know, another balance thing, and kind of you're still, still stretching there because because doing street stuff is a little different than riding a bike. You're using muscles that you're not normally normally using on cross country or jumping in that. Um, how, how about you, Brian? Where do you like to go from? Oh, well, I was going to say that one thing about Joy 150 is it's it's broken up into very individualized rooms. When you come in, you have your bees nest that Kyle's talked about in the picnic tables and like the pro shop where you pay and all that. And then the party rooms. Then once you cross past like the threshold, you're immediately opened up to like the real progressive area that we're all too old to do, which it has a foam pit with five jumps into it. And then a resi ramp and resi quarter, which is a quarter pipe that is set up with pads under it. If you don't know what a resi ramp is, basically it's like you take a normal jump and you you roll soft rubber over it. Like think of gym class tumbling mats with foam underneath of it. So you can like learn something in the foam pit. Once you start taking it to your wheels into the foam, then you bring it to the resi which if you fall, there's not a lot of consequence. It's slippery. It's easy to deal with. And then you can bring it later to the jumps or whatnot. But that's the first thing you see once you pass the threshold of the picnic tables and party room. From that point, there's individual rooms. Um, you may or may not have seen on our Instagram, Paddle Progressions, we had a preview of the vert room, which is massive and awesome. And I wish I could ride. But I just cannot. Uh, the street room that Kellen was just talking about is another room. And then next to where the, if you can visualize just to the left of that, there's the skinnies, a very small jump line, a medium jump line that is perfect for most riders to like really get a feel for. An advanced jump line, which is probably my favorite jump line anywhere that's made out of wood. It's super quick. It's super fun. And every video you'll see of us on Instagram will basically be on that line. And then there's the expert line, which even though we've been riding for a long time, we're all still trying to check jumps off on that line. 
you you get one, you get two, you feel an accomplishment, you get three, but like we're all still working through the same progressions that anyone is. Whether it's like you're next to the skinnies on the green jumps and you're trying to learn and you get the first one, but you can't quite get the second one because you didn't pump the landing or you didn't do whatever you needed to do is the same exact thing we're going through on the expert jump line, which is hold on for dear life and pump the landing <laughs> and ride it to the top and hope you get the air to get off of it. it. But it's, it's literally the same exact thing. And I like to warm up the pump track like these guys do. And then I just work my way through the jump lines. And once I feel comfortable on each one, I progress to the next one until I hit a wall. And then I go back down one and try to get comfortable, find my flow and just keep working. And the reason I like this park over a lot of the other indoor parks is it's really set up that you can just work your way up. And it's like this size jump, the next size jump, the next size after that. And they're right next to each other. Where one of the downfalls of Ray's, although it's an awesome place to go and you like, I can't stress enough. If you've never been there, you need to go. You need to rent a dirt jumper and you need to learn how to ride that way. At Joyride, it really like pushes the progression because you're literally next to the next line. And you can see the people next to you doing the next thing instead of having to ride your bike across the park. And maybe you're feeling really good off this medium-sized jump and you want to take it to the large one. You don't have to ride across the room to like hope that you keep your flow in your head and you can do it. You don't have to hit other things. You can just walk up the ramp a little bit higher, drop in, and hit the next jump. And if you don't have it, you go back down. As an old guy who doesn't progress much, I really enjoy that. Like I can push my limits and I feel extremely comfortable in the advance line and can do everything I want to do when I'm not tired. Even learn new tricks this trip. But then I go up to the expert line and have a piece of humble pie and then I work my way back down. And they're right next to each other. So I didn't waste any energy. Yeah, that's a big thing to have them right next to each other. I mean, like Brian said, you know, you, you get to a point, you think you're ready, and then, you know, at raise, you got to leave that room and go somewhere else. And it's it's just difficult to retain that, you know, even if it's just for a minute, you know. But when they're right next to each other, you can, all right, let's step over to the next line when it's right there. If it doesn't go so well, step right back and start working on those smaller jumps before you, you progress or even just watching the better riders and watching what they do, what they look like they're doing in the air. Uh, and all right, now I will try to replicate what looks like they're doing. The you know to try to progress, uh, and it's, or even asking, or or even asking. Everyone's real friendly there. Everyone will talk, and don't don't be afraid to ask someone you don't know. Like, hey, you got any tips for me? What will help me out with this? And you know, nine percent of the time, people are going to be excited to help help someone else out and tell you what they think. You know what what you should do. But yeah, it's it's nice having everything right there, right next to each other, where. All right, I think I'm ready. Let's just move up the next line, and it's right there. If it just didn't go well, all right, step right back down. Keep working on those skills and trying to build your progression up to the next next jump. Or even if it's happened to me multiple times where I'm on, you know, the bigger jumps than that, and I'm doing great, and all of a sudden I start casing stuff. I'm like, what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I'll step down a jump line to a little easier one and work on my basics. And all right, I feel good in this again. I'm clearing stuff and go back up to the bigger one and start clearing it again. It's, sometimes that happens. You just lose lose your skill for some reason like okay i need to step back step back a minute go back to the basics and overthinking or yeah overthinking just work on it what am i doing doing wrong and or just getting tired sometimes sometimes you get lazy jumping and you don't realize that and you start doing stuff lazy 
And then I start casing stuff, and Brian will be right on me. Hey, bring that rear end up. You know, push down, and because he can see it, and having those people there that are on the bigger lines, or you know, be hey, do this. You know, help you out is is a big thing. Having a good friend network there, or even just people you don't know making friends there, and just everyone's helping everyone. And there's there's always gonna be someone better than you, no matter where you go, and they will always help help you progress. I think with some of these places that you go to, the good riders they're easy to pick out. They're doing stuff that not everybody else is doing. And, uh, I guess to what you were just talking about a second ago, you know, don't hesitate to talk to these people. You might, uh, if you're like me, you might feel intimidated like, Hey man, how'd you, how'd you do that? Or like, Hey, can I get a video of you doing that stuff? You kind of feel, you feel unworthy, you know, like Wayne's world. I'm not worthy, (laughs) but let me put it this way. Anybody who has spent that much time on a bike to be good at, doing tricks or something that you want to get advice from, they want to tell you because they put so much time into it. They've dedicated themselves. It's their passion. Everybody who rides bikes probably loves to talk about bikes. So ask away. If you see somebody that you want to get advice from, go for it. I'd say don't hold anything back. Uh, going back to what you guys were saying about the jumps being close together made me think about uh, visually seeing jumps and how they can be intimidating, but if you compare them to one that maybe you have handled, you can basically see them right next to each other. Whereas if you know, you're know you riding Ray's mountain bike park, you kind of have to know where the jumps are in order to progress up the ladder to, you know, from smaller to bigger. At Joyride, they're literally right next to each other. And there's even directions on the wall that say, don't come up here unless you've cleared the green line or something like that. So it's kind of, I guess, user-friendly in that regard. And uh, I guess I appreciate that. It makes it easier for me to see and progress upwards. So just kind of go over the jumps, I guess. I don't think we've went over how big jumps are or stuff like that. So they have a a green line beginner line. There's three jumps. I think first one I'd say is maybe a foot, foot and a half high. And next one's maybe a couple inches bigger. And the last one's maybe two feet high. Like in their their tables. And their case pads. They are not (laughs) steep at all. They're very mellow, very beginner friendly, good place to kind of get warmed up and get going. Uh, from there on, they have the intermediate, we'll call them, intermediate jumps. Those are, I want to say, three, about three feet tall. Yeah, the first jump's a little tough to clear. Um, giving my girlfriend, Courtney, advice on it, when she was first starting to hit the line, I would tell her to either try to manual it or soak it up because the next two jumps are very, very friendly, like, yeah, knee high, a little above your knee. Yeah. I'd say jumps, maybe two and a half, three foot deck on top with a pretty gradual landing. Yeah. And then there's six of those totals. So there's three going out and there is a U-turn and then you come back. So and they get bigger on the way back. Not not a lot bigger, just maybe what, a couple. They go back to the size of the first one, which I yeah. think is about six inches taller. I yeah. think you're going from about two feet to two and a half, three feet maybe. So if we're standing next to them, maybe about waist high would be the biggest, maybe just above waist high. But you don't notice they're getting bigger, which is no. nice. Like until I took video of it and really looked at it, I I didn't notice the different sizes in the jumps. No, you really don't notice because you're gaining speed, a little bit of speed as you're going. So it just naturally feels right. It doesn't feel like they're getting bigger. It just you're going faster. So they naturally have to get a little bigger. Um, so the next line up was advanced, advanced line. Yeah. Those, I want to say about neck high. Yeah, I'd say they five to five and a half feet tall yeah on the on the way out and on the way back even if you can't clear those five and a half foot jumps or whatever they are 
you go through this shark fin berm thing, and then on the way back, they're shorter than that. They're probably sternum high, yeah, so shorter four foot. I'd say four foot. Is- yeah, shorter but longer. So you get a little bit of variety in there too, of little some longer, some some taller. For me, the the first first couple are the toughest for me because they're the steepest. I guess the first first couple, and you have to clear the first one before you can get the the other ones before the the turnaround and come back. So if you got to keep working on that first one. Once you get the first one, the others will come. It's the way it is for a lot of those lines there, but especially especially that one. If you case that one, you're going to case the next next two pretty much. But that's every dirt jump that place is. ever. You yes. you usually do the squirrel trap or the thing that keeps people from breaking the top off the landing of the next <laughs> jump for new people. Um, and then you just work at them one at a time all the way down. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how you handle the indoor park, except you can ride back because they're all tables. Yes. So yeah, the the first three are kind of separate from the last three. So if you mess up on the first three, you're you can still hit the last three. And once you hit that berm to come back, you can still clear the last three. So if you mess up the first one, the whole run's not blown. You still can still work on it on the last three. From there, uh, there's the the expert we'll call them, and those all those jumps vary a little bit. There's they're not all uniform like the other ones. Uh, I'll let Brian talk about that a little more. Brian was the one that was trying to push those a little more than I was. Well, as you progress, you naturally go, like, go up the deck. They kind of have like a stair set going, so you kind of know where you're starting at, and you know what size jumps you're going into. As far as the expert line, you start with a solid little step down with a squirrel trap in front of it. If you can't pump this roller, you shouldn't really be there, honestly. But to like pump that roller, you hit a step down, it's a step up, a traditional table, a hip. So right away, you're dealing with four different kinds of jumps. So like it, it really does a good job of keeping people from getting hurt on it because if you can't handle any of those styles of a jump, I guess I should go through what each of those are. A step down is a smaller takeoff with your traveling downwards and landing, which are typically the scariest jumps for people. They're usually the most consequence. Step ups are usually the easiest where you have, like in this line, I think the lip of the jump is about six feet and the landing's about eight-ish. And uh, you pump down that. And then the next one is traditional, which it just means that the takeoff and landing are about the same height. And you're just traveling a distance to cover it with a table in the middle. And a hip jump means you are going off of in one direction and changing your direction as you're going. So in this case, it is a left hip. So you go off the jump, you look over your left shoulder, and you make a turn left in the air to land on the landing. Yeah, it's pretty much a 90-degree turn in, in the air is what you're doing. Yes. Um, a little more technical, and it, like I said, it keeps people from getting hurt on the line for the most part because you need to be technically sound to be able to do all these things. But one of the nice things about this park is in the vert room and on the foam pit, there are options for you to learn how to do this onto a softer landing. So after that, on the expert line, you do the hip, small table, giant berm, terrible hip because I am very NASCAR and cannot turn to my right at all. I'm much better at my left. Uh, And then three jumps coming back that are all very good trick jumps, which if you go to their Instagram at joyride150, you can see they're very good about posting riders doing really cool things at their park and progressing. Their youth scene is amazing there. 
we met so many young kids that just blew our minds and it's so awesome to see because they're for the most part they're all very nice kids yeah everyone's everyone's nice there and it's it's amazing what kind of riders they have there i've seen new tricks there that i've never seen before every time i go there for an example one of the tricks that i saw that blew my mind when i was there is some guy went over a jump and he in the air he crossed up which means He's, his feet are on the pedals normal. In the air, he picked his feet up, crossed them, and put them back on his pedals. So now he's riding with his legs in an X. So he went down this jump, up the next jump, and with his legs crossed, he threw a, a tail whip. So he kicked it, bike went spun all the way around. He, he held on the handlebars, and the bike went all the way around. He caught it back under his feet and with his feet normal and then kept riding, which I don't know how anyone can ride a bike, especially where a jump with their feet crossed. And it, it makes no sense to me. I try it once, get on a bike and try to cross your feet and just coast. It's, it's almost impossible. You can't do it, but yeah, he's hitting jumps and big jumps, throwing bigger tricks than I'd ever throw off this. It's unbelievable stuff you'll see there. Yeah. You told me that I didn't even believe it. I don't know how you ride a bike like that. I can't even pinch a seat with my knees without like my feet coming off the pedals. <laughs> Yeah. I guess it's just being bow-legged or something, but yeah, it doesn't work for me, so I don't know how that works. But yeah, there's uh, you see some, you see some pretty amazing riders at places like these. It really makes you wish something like that was closer to uh, to the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. But you, know, you got to travel these places if you want to ride. But I, I I really think with the amount of good riders out of the out of Michigan in general, like a lot of it is because we have to travel, and I I really think one of the things that we're trying to accomplish is just the appreciation for that kind of stuff because you have so many excellent riders coming out of a state that's basically flat with no progressive stuff in it. But when we do travel, we appreciate every single bit of it instead of taking it for granted. Like how many people know a ski bum that moved to Colorado and they only go out on a bluebird day that they get 12 inches they don't ride any of the rest of the year or you, you get your mountain bike friend that moved to Colorado and they never go because it, a mountain bike ride in Colorado involves an hour and a half to two hour climb up a mountain and then a 45 minute descent. Sure, that 45 minute descent is awesome, but you're not doing that after work. Mm-hmm. One thing I've always thought is that we are so lucky to be in a central location that allows us to travel to these places like Joyride 150, Ray's. The caves when it was a thing in Louisville, which was awesome. The wheel mill. Even raised in Milwaukee when that was open. Yep. And like having indoor places, it really helps us appreciate what we get to do in the summer and gets us stoked to be back on our bike. Yeah, there's not too much within our vicinity uh, to ride indoors during the winter. But like Brian said, at least we're pretty centrally located to where we have access to a lot of these places, you know, within five, six hours. And, uh, you know, to us where it is flat and we don't have a lot of riding and we do appreciate everything. It's, uh, it's worth it. It's worth the trip every time. Yeah, I agree. Having, you know, places like that are great to ride. Um, I think a big thing is having a group of friends that want want to ride those too. Having, you know, if I didn't have a group of friends that want to ride, you know, all the time in the winter too, I probably wouldn't be going to these places. So finding people that are interested in the same type thing and want to ride and, you know, having that friend group is a, a big thing. I we're, we're missing one of our other friends that went on the trip with us, uh, Adam, which he, we have an interesting story about Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a good time, <laughs> but it was, it was a good, just having that friendship and that, you know, people to share it with and that are interested same thing and can help push you and you're riding that. And we're all, we all have different strengths and we, you know, we push each other to do different things. I and mean, 
you know, we played a couple of games of bike while we were there and, you know, I'd, I got beaten some, I won some, we all know each other's strengths and, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time. I mean, it's really the best way to progress and everyone has their own things that they're really good at and the things that they know they need to work on and having a good friendship group, um, is paramount to that because you, the only way to get out of your comfort zone, you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Trust me. I know <laughs> same stuff for 27 years or whatever it's been, but, uh, trying these different skinny lines when we were playing bike or trying different tricks on the jump, or even when we filmed, um, the video that we're going to put out, just getting a little out of that comfort zone and scaring yourself a little bit. is It's all good. I think it's important for us to kind of go through what we liked about, I guess what we benefited most from the park. I know one thing that I really, I really enjoyed progressing at within the park and that is the, uh, the shark fin on the advanced line. It's a 180 degree, basically just a, a bowl that you spin around going in the opposite direction. But in order to carry your speed through it, you actually have to jump the shark fin, uh, into the, I guess, return line. And it was one thing that it was the last part of the puzzle, I guess where I was able to connect the dots and run the line all the way through. But it's a feature I've never, never found myself in front of. And I got to say that it was uh, it was a learning experience, but that for me really stood out. I don't know. Ken, what do you... Yeah. To kind of help better describe a shark fin for people that don't know is imagine a bermed corner and 7% through that corner, it just stops and it's just a flat drop off. So you're sideways, you're going sideways, you know, riding up high on the sperm, then it's just a gap. A gap to a, to a landing, so you actually have to pretty much go sideways from in a berm down to into a landing where it's you don't see them too often, but man, they're they're fun. I I know Kyle hasn't seen them much. You know I love them. I love getting completely sideways in those things, going fast and just yanking hard off of it. And the way I do it, my rear wheel just drifts and kind of I float off that thing, and it's the funnest thing to me. But if you don't see them much, you don't. It's something completely new, and you know that's joyride is great. That's something that you've never done before or seen before for the most part if you're not traveling around these places. Uh, for me, I've, I really, I've been terrified of spines. You know, a spine is where it's like a, a jump, but there's no, no middle. There's no it's table. two quarters back to back. Yeah. It's a quarter back to back. So imagine a tabletop jump, then take out the center. So it's just a ramp to a ramp and it's just no, no, you're not clearing a distance. It's straight up, straight down the other side. And I've been terrified of those. And just learn how to hit those was a big thing for me this trip. And they're they're intimidating to look at, but uh, Colin, you got over it. I got I've o- seen it. I got over it. Yeah. Probably wasn't the best, but I got over it. You know, I felt accomplished. Did something new. I love riding the big vert room. Uh, there's not much I can do there, but there's certain skills I have that I like practicing there. I like trying to do a couple tricks on some of the quarters there and they got some good quarters back to back that are great for trying to learn those tricks and they're it's big but kellen kellen can t-bog the uh what was it 20 feet tall so yeah there's there's a giant quarter there for i would i would say it's maybe about 12 to 15 feet tall so it's a huge you know go straight vertical a quarter and you just pedal fast in that thing and you can fly get some air so you're probably about probably about 20 feet high when you actually air it and it's it's very scary and intimidating, but it's one of those things that I've kind of learned how to do, and it looks impressive. It does look impressive. You have to see the video. I don't know how you carry any forward momentum after going straight up for that length. The physics don't make sense to me, I think, but yeah. it, just, it just works. The first time I saw you do it, I was baffled. Just don't. Just trust it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> until it doesn't. <laughs> until it doesn't. I'm still going on it until it doesn't. 
How about you, Brian? What do you, what do you like riding? I, I love the advanced jump line. They're steep enough jumps that you can get some height off of them, but they're short enough that you can feel comfortable even if you were to go down. So they're really good for trying new tricks. Like I went into this trip with the mindset of learning a new style of whip. I typically do a moto whip, which is where you kick the back end of your bike out while keeping your handlebars forward. And one of my big goals on this trip was to be able to put my bike completely sideways with my wheel still straight, which is scary because if you don't get your wheel back down, it's going to be bad. So on this trip, that is what I got out of it. But we have been here a few times the last couple of years and each trip I kind of make a goal to get better at. Um, the last trip, I got a lot more comfortable on skinnies that I hadn't done in a long time. It's something I used to be good at and just kind of lost the skill. Um, the trip before that, it was about getting more air off of jumps. For those people that aren't really into jumping, getting high off a jump is not a skill that just happens. Like um, you can clear a jump very low to it, like a BMX type racer, or you could go very high like a slope style rider. It's a totally different compression to get off the lip to do that. And for years of riding downhill and enduro, I'd hit jumps lower. I'm kind of leaving my rear end as hanging down as landing gear to save myself. And one of the things that I really felt like I progressed there with is being able to get high enough up to feel comfortable doing my trick and then uh, gathering myself and going down, whether that's taking my hands off the bars for an extended beat of time, just like pushing that extra second of hang time that is the best feeling in the world. You had a couple good whips that I know we got on tape. I'm excited to uh, go through the videos and see what we can get posted. Yeah, the advanced line is where we definitely spent the most amount of time. It's a little bit of a tricky entrance there's what well, it's like a little roller like a kind of a hump you go over but it you don't have to really carry any speed into it the line sets you up pretty good for the first jump which for me was more or less just kind of landing square nothing fancy but then carrying speed through the rest of the line so that you can clear everything and boost that confidence but uh man that shark fin i really enjoyed that there's uh, i think i got like one one video of me on that that's i think cool the deal see. breaker it is a deal breaker yeah you we got, were you got to commit to it <laughs> As we got into the trip, we started riding two and three wide on the jump lines, which was a hoot. <laughs> we were making everyone nervous around us. Um, Kellen and I did the intermediate jump line and did high fives on all the jumps, which was scary. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decided to do two wide on the advanced line into the shark fin, which was impossible so of course we tried three wide <laughs> <laughs> if two, is a, two doesn't work three might <laughs> got some fun with that so like whether it's progression trying to like learn a new trick feel more comfortable in the air or be idiots and jump three wide on a jump line made for one there's always something you can do to like push the envelope and feel accomplished we're all there to have fun, you know, get creative. That's one of the uh, the cooler parts about these indoor parks is the, the lines that you don't see, but maybe someone else does. And it's a progression that um, maybe even the park didn't even intend for you to have access to. And I'm talking about like transitions and things of that nature. But yeah, all in all, a great park. I think it made me a better rider. At least uh, 
I was able to hone in on some of those skills that I lost over the winter. But yeah, should we talk about Adam a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just watching the creativity of other people will inspire you, and just or just inspire you to do something dumb. Watching other people do with your friends, you know. But yeah, it's a great place, great time. Yeah, we sh- I think we should go into a little story about Adam. Uh, Adam's not with us today. Not not because he died. But. <laughs> not he, he didn't die. No, he, he didn't die. die. No. He forgot who he was for a but, day. Yeah, but. Adam Adam tried to push himself a little too far in the foam pit, and he did it with no one was watching, so no one knew exactly what happened. But what we heard is he hit his head, and he ended up with a slight concussion. Slight. <laughs> that he concussion. told us about over. Well, he asked us about over and over and over again. That This is another important reason to have good friends with you that can take care of you when something happens. It was a little bit of downside of the trip, but you don't let it ruin the trip. You know, we we had fun with it. We all know Adam Am's a good friend. You know, we've we teased him a quid a bit about it. For example, we went to a brewery after and ordered food, and he kept getting up to get more water, even though he didn't know where it was, and had to ask us every single time. He had like fifteen glasses of water, but literally every time he got up from the table, we all switched seats <laughs> to see if he'd notice. He did not. Not a word. <laughs> not a word. This isn't two or three times. This is probably like it was ten, at ten least, times. It was at least five. Yeah. You even changed tables at one yeah, point. We, we he got, caught that. We got, co- <laughs> we caught got a little too one. cocky. We just had to change tables. He caught that one. You know why it didn't work, though? Because I was still at the first table. So, yeah, it didn't work. But <laughs> he figured that one out pretty quick. He's he's doing good now, though. We, you know, we did the proper concussion protocol. You know, we didn't. Made sure he didn't go right to sleep and all that. We made him stay up and made sure he didn't take ibuprofen too much because he asked us, hey, did I take ibuprofen? 30 times. Like, yes, yes. We, we, we had you take it. There was a timer on your phone. You know when to take the next one. You know, we, we kept an eye on him. And sure enough, last was again five minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> our, our favorite one, my favorite one, is I was I was driving my truck and he would, hey, are my, my eyes dilated? I'd say, I don't know, pull down the mirror, you know, and, and the visor and... With my truck, they are the brightest mirror lights ever. I mean, they'll blind you. So oh, I don't know. Check, check it out in the mirror. He'd pull it down, blind himself. Oh! <laughs> We'd all laugh and wait, wait five minutes, watch him do it again and again and again. It's, but he's he's doing good now, even though we had a good time and we took care of him. That's another P three right there. Proper, pr- proper. No, I messed it up already. Proper concussion protocol. It's not three Ps. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you guys noticed it, but one thing I got a kick of is how long Adam was packing his clothes after getting out of the shower. Oh, man. He, he wouldn't sit down. He was hair. up on his feet for like a, I, I, an hour. I forgot about the shower. So <laughs> he decided that once we got back to the hotel, he wanted to take a shower, and he was in there forever. Like it, it had to be a minimum of a half an hour. We're sitting around thinking, and I look at Brian and go, Brian, you think you forgot what part of his body you washed? <laughs> he just keeps going, hair, body. I should wash my hair, not my body. Hair, body and we lost it just <laughs> laughing but you wonder he was, was he was really extra clean he was definitely clean yeah <laughs> just to wrap all this up going on 50 minutes here um joyride 150 recommend it two thumbs up go there push it progress stay within your means don't do anything stupid to get a concussion and ask your friends over and over again if you had ibuprofen or not if you're going to do something so let your friends watch yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Maybe at least let us get a video. Let's video, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully like you like this review of the park. We all try to travel quite a bit and make the most of our skills we gather in the western Michigan region. Take them on the road and have some fun. The north 
east side of Toronto is where this park is. It's great. There's good restaurants. There's good places to stay. VRBOs are cheap. You can get like a four bedroom executive house for 200 bucks a night. Something like that. Yeah. Our first trip. Border crossings easier than you think it is right now. Uh, we had a slight line on the way back, but if you have bikes, you're pretty much going to get away with anything. <laughs> oh, we were riding bikes. Oh, sweet. What kind of park are you doing? It's cold outside. Not, do you have any drugs? No, yeah. Every time Which we, we didn't, except alcohol. Yeah, every time we cross the border <laughs> and we tell them bikes, they look in the back, oh, bike's cool, and they ask us about the bikes. That's the only questions they ever ask us. Oh, cool, where are you riding? You know, is it like a skate do? park? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're more interested in the bikes than anything else, and they're all, they're interested in it, too. So, from the Grand Rapids area, it's about five and a half hours with the border crossing. Lots of good places to eat. There's a brewery right down the road that you can switch tables on your concussed friend, and he'll never know. It's so small. They have excellent beer. The pizza guy there, Patterson's Pizza, shout out at Patterson's Pizza on Instagram. Going for us for a sponsor. <laughs> uh, the dude's name is Ian. He's a super excited guy. He makes this sourdough pizza that is someone that doesn't eat a lot of pizza. It is excellent. Yeah, it's it's great pizza. The guy, guy's awesome. He's an awesome guy to talk to. He's uh, one of the passionate. most yeah he's a very passionate guy he's very passionate about pizza great guy kyle anything else from you no i had a great time with you guys i appreciate the uh the pressure you put on me to go i sometimes need a little kick on the underside to get my butt out of the house these days with a couple of kids but uh and you did the big line i did i did part of it didn't i yeah yeah i got past the first two <laughs> <laughs> All right, i thought i was going overboard on that first one but <laughs> no, it was uh, it was a good trip. I was happy to get out with you guys and uh, and at least you know get back some of what I lost this winter. That's just a huge a huge task, a huge obstacle. Which uh, thankfully these places kind of allow you to you know avoid. You can uh, avoid losing those skills you worked so hard to get in the first place. But uh, I loved it. I'd definitely go back. Uh, I wish it was a little closer, but no, two thumbs up. So stay tuned. We'll be doing more, probably more polished as we get better at this. Um, Reviews of places that we go that we think that are must-goes, whether it's a small cross-country place that's worth a stop or like an amazing riding destination. And um, we'll keep pushing on and we'll try to get some interviews of some people and the trips they took to the top and like and subscribe. <laughs> Hit the bell. Check out it. our YouTube and our Instagram yes. at Pedal Progressions. YouTube. I'm working on. We're going to work on a video that uh, encapsulates the entire park, not just the the vert room that uh, we had on our Instagram page. But no, look forward to that. I'm excited to work on it and uh, definitely do more of these trips and more of these podcasts. It's been fun. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.